0: Who were the real winners of the latest sports news cycle? The Celtics seemingly getting back on track with a couple of wins out west. LeBron James passing Michael Jordan on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Maybe it's none of the above. Maybe the real winners of this week's news cycle are the producers of Hard Knocks. Because after losing their perennial cash cow, the Cleveland Browns, they will have a new team that's going to become their favorite to cover when Antonio Brown is traded by this time tomorrow. It's a sports pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant from Local 3 TV in the studio with you. What's up, Jake? How you doing, man?
1: I'm Feels doing wonderful, and you? I'm doing good, man. i live today, which is a little bit different, which is nice. So i got to watch what I say, but <laughs> um, I'm feeling good, man. It's, it's a nice day out. It's Thursday. We've got high school basketball kicking off. NMU Athletics is doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: I've got a lot, a lot to cover, and, it, and it's, been, it's been a good week. Well, I tell you what, we've got a lot to go over here in the next hour. But first, we've got to update the movie brackets. We've been trying to find out what is the greatest sports movie of all time. We started the first round of the miscellaneous bracket yesterday. Taking a look at the results from it. Uh, Rocky was all over Warrior. Warrior didn't get a single vote. Rocky got 100% of the vote. They're moving on. Uh, Cinderella Man, 73% to 27 over Seabiscuit. Uh, Dodgeball. Took down the wrestler pretty handily, ninety-two to eight percent, and Happy Gilmore fifty-four percent to Creed's forty-six percent. That's a pretty good matchup.
1: Hey, Happy Gilmore, that was, that's a classic. That man. is a you classic. Um, a few of those I haven't really even heard of. To yeah. be honest with you, I don't. I haven't seen the wrestler. Did you say? Mm. And or the warrior. So yeah, um, those are two I'm not familiar with. But I think the the correct winners are moving on in my eyes.
0: We did a blind draw, just like the Michigan High School Athletic Association basketball tournament, so a few of those that probably shouldn't have met in the first round did occasionally, uh, unfortunate. But take a look at the matchups that you can vote on tonight. This is the bottom half of the first round bracket in the miscellaneous movies, and again, that covers everything. That does not include hockey, basketball, baseball, football, everybody that didn't have their own bracket. So here are the matchups you are voting on tonight. Bend it like Beckham against Caddyshack. Cool Runnings against Kicking and Screaming, The Boxer or Invictus, and Jerry Maguire against Miracle Season, which, by the way, is based on a true story about Iowa City West High School. Just came out last year. I think that's the newest movie yeah, that's on here.
1: Yeah, yep, I haven't seen that one. Cool Runnings, though. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Cool Runnings, man. That used to be a. A favorite of mine growing up, so uh, that would definitely be one I would be voting for. They got a tough draw first hey, feel round the of the kicking rhythm. and screaming, right? Feel the rhythm. Feel the r- uh, some <laughs> I don't know how it goes. I can't remember, but yeah, it's a good uh, good movie. There.
0: Wonder if Bend It Like Beckham's going to get any votes? I think we have a lot of soccer fans up here. Um, uh, I don't, I don't really know. I thought it was a good movie. Do the high schoolers play soccer up here? Oh yeah, do they? Oh yeah, I- there's soccer. Um,
1: I've covered many many a soccer games. So. Is there? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Mm. I wonder, you know, I like the game in itself. I think penalty kicks are probably the, they're exciting, but I don't like it, you know, necessarily if that's what a game's decided on. Uh, I hate how they play it in Europe, I'll say that. (laughs) I hate everything about the international style of soccer where the clock doesn't stop and it goes upwards is the thing that I cannot stand, and the ref just... Uh, he decides to put on imaginary time at the end and calls right. it extra time. And then somebody usually scores in that, and it's like a game winner, and the official just puts up an imaginary number, like, we're going to play four extra minutes, and clock doesn't stop for anything, goes upwards, and you have these teams. I don't know what a Manchester is, and I don't know what a, uh, what a Serie A, like a FC Milan, or, I don't right. know what that is, you know? Yeah, so, right,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's obviously... A huge game all over the world but it's still like in its first forms of like playground mode where Mm -hmm. you know there's very loose rules and things like that and and you're right the game does uh is different when you talk about the different refs and things like that um but I know there's some diehard soccer fans that will argue that it's the most beautiful game. I know they will. When it's played correct, and and you know they stick to the to the grassroots of the game and things like that. But um, yeah, I'm not really I'm not too keen on the dynamics of the leagues as much as I probably should be. Um, you know, and and you know rankings and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely something. Um, one of our our old reporters, Calvin Lewis, I'm sure people out there know who he is um he was a huge soccer fan you know his family um coming from um from europe and things like that mm-hmm. and, and still has family over in the uk um, huge soccer fan so he's trying to like st- st- you know teach me a little bit but um i, I like soccer man i like when the, F- the fifa world cup is is around mm-hmm. i, I kind of get into it I'm, I'm not an all year round type of guy but well, me neither. but i do i do root for uh belgium's my team oh so yeah how'd I that happen about, um nationality Are you Belgian? You Um, got some
0: Belgian roots? Yeah. Yeah, Grandpa
1: came came from uh, Belgium. Is that right? Okay.
0: Well, I kind of do the same thing then with the Netherlands soccer team. When they made their run, I think it was in 2010, they got beat by Spain. So I'll relate to that in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm with you on I like the game itself. You know, I actually coached soccer for two years at the high school level back in Iowa. We made the state tournament both years. I was pretty proud. Wow. Uh, But, no, I like the game in itself. I just hate the whole how they're doing it like the regulation of teams like if you finish in the bottom three spots in the standings that year you go down a level and then whoever finished top three replaces them
1: like like reclassification yeah like
0: regulating teams regulation think about what about if the if the NBA did that? So this year, the Phoenix Suns, the New York Knicks, and I don't know who else is down, but say the Lakers are all regulated to the G League, and then you're pulling I, up like the Maine Red Claws and the Sioux Falls Sky that,
1: Force. That would be insane, man. That, that's that's crazy to think that organizations go through that. They would. There was a, a crazy idea about the NFL. You know, the the AAF yeah. league and the XFL champions go against each other, and then they play the NFL's worst team. And then there's cla- re, you know reclassification or regulation or whatever um, about that. I think it would be interesting to see because it's basically like life or death. You don't want to fall between no. that uh, under that line. You want to stay obviously in the in the biggest league. So um, I think that's what makes soccer so important and every single goal, every single point, uh, point so important. And that's why you see guys fall to their knees and start crying when they score. Man, I mean, there's a lot on the line for these players and and, and teams.
0: That's the other thing. Did you know that in European soccer, a tiebreaker is if you can score goals on the road, they're worth more than being at home. That's a tiebreaker. Come on, (laughs) come on, man. Hey,
1: hey. it's uh, it's been working. Obviously, it's it's you know the sport. I I think so. (laughs) It's it's the most popular sport in the world. So it seems to be working in my eyes.
0: Jake Durant from Local 3 in the studio with us. I wanted to start by talking about Antonio Brown, and we wasted about eight minutes on nonsense. <laughs> but. Yeah. So let's start with Antonio Brown. The Steelers say that they want a trade in place by tomorrow, and they're telling teams, get your best offer out there on the table. Right now, the three front runners are Tennessee, Washington, and Oakland. Green Bay and New Orleans, the teams with an outside chance. San Francisco, Denver, they seem to be out of the running. Like they dropped their interest. You can throw Arizona in there too. I don't know if they were ever there, but we know they're not anymore. Everything that Antonio Brown has put the Steelers through and what he's done, he has no control over where he's going to be traded. Shouldn't the Steelers be as petty as possible and trade him to Oakland, Tennessee? or washed because those are three think, horrible destinations.
1: Right. Well, that's what I was I was about to say. Antonio Brown's going to get a, a harsh dose of reality here mm-hmm. pretty soon and and um I mean from what I've been seeing from Antonio Brown's antics and the way he handles himself, money is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. So, I think he's going to be a player who's going to be happy to be anywhere as long as he's getting paid. Um, you know, it's 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 tough to say that because obviously winning in sports is is so important. But from what I see, winning to him isn't important. There's, he would have found a way to make it work in Pittsburgh because, you know, he made his bet. He's going to have to lay in lay in it now because the teams that are that are on top, um, his likely trade destinations, they're not really in a position where they're going to try to win right away. So um, maybe the Raiders have some master plan behind Gruden to bring him in with all their picks and in money. Maybe they they make this quick turnaround and they're actually good. Who really knows? But um you know green bay is sitting there with an 11 percent chance i saw an espn uh, mm-hmm. um i don't know where how they get these numbers but i mean you espn you know there's a sm- right there's a there's a small chance that they're still in the in the discussions and and who knows um you know brian goodekunst has been saying he wants to be aggressive he wants to bring in vets and i think that's that's key because you can't keep drafting and developing for for forever oh. um because the window's closing there so Uh, who knows maybe green bay slides in there with that first round pick is is it worth it i don't i don't really know um but it's looking to me that oakland is going to be the destination for antonio brown i could be completely wrong but talk about hard knocks man that'd be a a crazy uh, hard knocks season if you talk about gruden obviously their turmoil there in oakland and and las vegas and then bringing in a guy like antonio brown i mean that's must see tv right there
0: I don't know that I necessarily agree that money is more important to him than winning. I think he would take a pay cut if that meant going to New Orleans or to Green Bay. Going to a place that's not going to pay him as much as Oakland, Washington, or Tennessee. Because I just don't think he knew how good he had it. Larry Fitzgerald said that really well. Larry Fitzgerald, one of the all-time greats. Maybe the greatest ever that we've never been able to know about. He had, outside of Kurt Warner, who? That was even a good quarterback. His second best quarterback he ever played with was Carson Palmer. And Larry Fitzgerald did more for his career than Palmer ever did for Larry Fitz's career. And Fitzgerald says, you've got the guy who just won the passing title, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, throwing to you. He's still got it at the age of 37. You don't know how good you have it. And I think Antonio Brown is going to get hit by a hard dose of reality when he has to start catching balls from Derek Carr or from Marcus Mariota or who knows who the Redskins are going to put out under center between Mark Sanchez, Josh Johnson, Colt McCoy. I mean, who knows who's going to be there next year?
1: Right, and and this is like a prime example of of you know money blinding you a little bit. I mean, this guy, the guy came from basically nothing. You know, um, was a six round draft pick worked his way up through hard work and dedication. no one's questioning his, his work ethic. Right. No one's questioning that. He's you know, any every year, you know, you talk to former Steelers players, they say, you know, he was he's one of the hardest workers, if not the hardest worker on the Burton team. Gruden said that too. Yeah, exactly. John got, right. He came from nothing. He's gotten to where he is because of, of the hard work he puts in. But I just honestly think when when the money started coming, he signed that first contract, you know, the ego started growing a little bit. I don't know if he was Stay grounded as much as is you know you want to stay grounded, and you know it, when a, when a guy like Juju comes in and threatens you, then you start feeling like everyone's against you. Um, you know I just think kind of think he kind of got lost in all that. You know he got lost in the noise, I guess you could say. Um, and and once he he committed to a certain idea, you know there was no turning back. He was trying to get out of Pittsburgh, and he was going to do whatever he he could. But I I do think it's a situation where he's going to look back and say i maybe made a mistake and i should have maybe put more thought into to trying to make it work and trying to actually complete the job of of bringing another super bowl to to the steelers i mean the steelers are one of those organizations that you know that's that's a, a a very historic organization one of the the most prestigious in the nfl um you know a lot of players would die to play for an organization like that and 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 the pieces are in place they're not far off i mean obviously they got holes like any other team but you know they're right there in the AFC where you know they have a shot to to be in the playoff contention every single year with Ben Roethlisberger and company. So um, he might look back and next year when he's in a worse position, yeah, he he's he might be getting paid. But you know maybe maybe the grass isn't always greener like they say. So um, it's going to be interesting to see.
0: By tomorrow we should have our answer where Antonio Brown is going to play this fall, where him and his blonde mustache are going to go. Can I say something it, about yes, that? Please.
1: He needs to change that. Yes. that blonde. Please get rid there, of it. You know, there's, it's not a trend. Like I, I don't see it ever catching on. It's not like Odell Beckham's, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, that weird hair, hair style, yes. um, that actually caught on and, and was a trend. This this mustache thing, it, it doesn't look good. It looks terrible. I'm just throwing that out there.
0: No more Hulk Hogan mustaches. No, please, no. Tell you what, Antonio Brown. Where is he going to end up? Uh, you said the Raiders would be a team that likely could be the front runner. And I can see it. I can see it really, uh, you know, coming into fruition. This is exactly why John Gruden made trades like he did with Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. I mean, the Khalil Mack trade aside, he was getting flack for trading away Amari Cooper for a first-round pick. You have Pittsburgh that says, we want at least one first-round pick if we're going to give you Antonio Brown. And John Gruden is sitting on a pile of them. So you can upgrade at the receiver position. Granted, he's five years older, Antonio Brown is, than Amari Cooper. But Brown's ceiling is so much higher than Cooper's is. You upgrade at the wideout position, and it doesn't cost you anything between uh, just those two trades. You keep the Khalil Mack transaction all to itself. But this is exactly why John Gruden made these trades, because of an opportunity like this. Is it a failure if he doesn't get this done? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily
1: say it's it's a failure because, honestly, they're kind of in rebuild mode right now. So, yeah, you're going to bring in Antonio Brown, but how many years are you away from, from a Super Bowl window? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, you're bringing in a veteran who's going to help you win now, but you're you're still working on building that core foundation of your team that you got rid of. I mean, um, you got rid of Cleo Mack, which just I I just don't see why they would do that. That was just, just – and he sent him to the Bears nonetheless. Mm-hmm. You know, that was just – I think that was a big mistake, but um, but you know, right now I, I guess if, if they didn't get them, they're still in prime position. They still have all those picks. They can draft a, a receiver who they're gonna obviously um, you know build around, and and I don't think it, it would be a huge failure. Um, it might actually be be a good thing for Oakland. Who knows? Um, but in my eyes, it's just if you're trying to rebuild, why are you gonna bring in a 30 year old receiver who? in your long term won't be there because once you finally get into a position where you're playing for a super bowl that would be a few years down the line and antonio brown might be already gone so um you know maybe you you don't want to do that and you just want to save the pick and bring in a young receiver who who like like i said draft and develop and 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 have all those guys kind of come up at the same time and peak at the right time that Super Bowl runs.
0: We've got about a minute left in the segment, but that's too good of a point not to expand on a little bit. You made a great point that Antonio Brown would be perfect for a team that is a piece away from contending. But the Raiders aren't going to be contenders just by adding Antonio Brown. he will help that team. But by the time they are contenders, how old is he going to be and how effective will he be? He's going to be 31 when he plays his first game with his new team this fall. Doesn't have many years left to be effective.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, it's, it's a timing thing you know uh, in the nfl you know you got to make sure that you, you got the right guys peaking um age is definitely a big factor and and you know that's why you see um players cut ties with with older players because you know they're trying to get get a core together that's you know you want to get them around the same age if you can and then bring them up together and and have those have those years you know the, those runs uh, at the super bowl so um, i it, it might not make sense for them to bring bring them in so
0: Jake Durant from Local 3, the CBS affiliate here in Marquette in the studio with us. We owe you a timeout. When we come back, LeBron James passes Michael Jordan on the NBA's all-time scoring list last night. But does the reaction from the crowd and his teammates say more than the accomplishment? Next, the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, the Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. A tense moment here on the Sports Pen on ESPN, UP, WZAM, Ishpeming, Marquette, online with our app. As we were going to the break, I teased we were going to talk about LeBron moving past Michael Jordan for fourth all-time on the NBA scoring list. And earlier today, Jake brought up a segment from Tuesday where I went on a bit of a LeBron rant. And uh, a little tense moment, about as tense as it gets between Jake. and I. Jake's a pretty chill, relaxed guy. Yes. Yeah, uh, he doesn't get tense about much, but... LeBron James, again, give credit where credit's due. He's a fantastic talent. I'm not taking that away from him or anything like that. But he did pass LeBron James, excuse me, he did pass Michael Jordan last night, moved into fourth all time on the NBA's scoring list. He trails now Kareem, number one, Carl Malone, and then Kobe Bryant. It was not as festive of a scene, I guess. And maybe that has a lot more to do with how bad the Lakers are this year, but his teammates' reaction to it. It was a little icy, wasn't it? I mean, do we take away anything from that?
1: You know, it, it was it, it was a weird moment. I mean, it you knew it was coming. You know, there was a lot of buildup. Obviously, what is the biggest argument in in NBA basketball? It's Michael Jordan versus LeBron. Who's yep. better? Blah blah blah. And um, first of all, I want to just give uh, credit where credit is due. Respect to LeBron James. You know, I think when all said and done, he's going to be the greatest of all time. It it just depends how you gauge what the greatest of all time is. Right. Um, You know, a huge accomplishment passing Michael Jordan, his childhood idol growing up. I mean, could you imagine um, growing up idolizing somebody like that and then all of a sudden your your peers or your you know your idols become your peers a little bit and and now you're in the conversation with these guys like how mind-blowing
0: it'd be like that me be? being groomed to replace al michaels
1: exactly and, and you're in the same conversation as in in accomplishing uh, similar feats that he did um absolute mind-blowing uh to think about him um you know being in that position um i do i am a lebron james a fan um i haven't always been a lebron james fan but i am but i am now and um you know it was it was exciting to see but but like you said there was just something there was like a dark cloud hanging over and i think it has to do with with the fact that their season isn't mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be i mean they're in a they're in a slide there's been a lot of turmoil um in the front office there's turmoil on the staff there's turmoil um you know through the players obviously losing and being in a market like la it's not fun um so yeah i mean definitely i think there is a little bit of a I don't know. I think LeBron kind of hurt a lot of people's feelings when he was pushing for AD. Yeah. You know, I don't think his the, the, his teammates are over that. You know. Um, but it, it was a kind of a weird thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, a huge accomplishment for for LeBron. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think the the timing of it was was kind of awkward in a, in a way.
0: I think two chains in the crowd was closer to LeBron than Rajon Rondo was. He pretty much just went out by his own and or on his own, I should say, and he just sat by himself rather than with his teammates. But I think you're right, that Anthony Davis trade, or at least the rumors, did have a big effect on these guys because essentially the Lakers are telling them, you're replaceable, you're expendable, you're not a necessity to us. And at age 20, 21, 22, that's tough. That's tough to be able to hear something like that because they take pride in what they do. I take pride in what I do, and you do too. And if any of our general managers said, that, you know, we want somebody better and we're willing to send you away. I mean, we'd, we'd hurt by that. And I think that's a lot of what's going on. And if you think about just, if you take a moment to watch the video of the moment it happened last night where LeBron passed Michael Jordan, in the NBA's all-time scoring list, did you see any of the names on the jerseys of LeBron's teammates on the floor? It wasn't guys like Kuzma and Ball. It was guys like Caruso. And Mo Wagner were the guys out there.
1: Right. Shout out Mo Wagner. guy. But it was basically LeBron playing with a lot of, you know, no-name, basically G League players. I mean, that's the state of the Lakers, man. Um, Their young core out indefinitely, you know, I don't know if they're they're really, really injured. Who knows? Maybe maybe they're just kind of milking it because they don't want to play this year or something. But uh, I, I feel like everyone on the Lakers has, has packed it in. I mean, even LeBron. Um, there's no question. I think his mindset is, is next year and the few years after that to come when he actually gets some help. Because, I mean, I knew this from the beginning when he first joined the Lakers. I saw the roster. I mean, I was like, yeah, putting LeBron on that team is is going to help the team. But, I mean, the West is so stacked. Um, and, and you got teams that, you know, are put together well. Uh, right now it's just LeBron and, like you said, disposable pieces. They need to bring in more... More uh, of a foundation that that you know they can work with, and they they're going to have to bring in a superstar, and then they're going to have to obviously work on that bench and and hope that that young core is is ready men- mentally ready to to take the next steps. Will will we see Kyrie in L.A. Who knows? You know that's that's been kind of a thing that's being talked about. Um, um, and it's it's just going to be interesting to see just how the Lakers do it. Ma- Magic Johnson has his work cut out for him. We talked about it before. Is he even a good GM? I don't, I don't, think, I don't so. think so. I don't really even think he knows what he's doing no. so um, it's 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 I think it's it's fun to watch as an outsider because <laughs> I like to see crash and burn situations um, but but I mean we're gonna have to see how it turns out LeBron I think he's okay with where he's at in his career um, you know and, and his accomplishments so I don't think you know he's really losing sleep over it but I I, I think he at the end of the day he wants to make some noise um, when you talk about you know doing something in LA maybe bringing a championship
0: Well, I tell you what, I think there's a better chance that Kyrie Irving ends up playing with Kevin Durant next year. And I really do think that in maybe as soon as five years that the Durant versus LeBron debates are going to heat up and only get hotter until the point that they could be as serious as LeBron versus Jordan debates. Right.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant, a lot of potential with him. Some argue that he is already the best player in the league and I, I think it's I think it's really close obviously Durant's still kind of on the upswing of his career LeBron's a little bit uh at the pinnacle maybe a little bit on the decline I mean, especially this year you kind of seen him slow down just a little bit but um you know LeBron's a tank he still has solid years ahead of him a few at least um and and yeah Durant seems like you know he's only getting better I think we kind of have to wait on Durant because he's he's in Golden State. You know, he did his thing in Golden State. I don't think he's gonna be there his whole career or anything mm. like that. But I think we gotta see where Durant takes the next step and what he can do. You know, with a team that's that's not filled with a bunch of all stars. If he can go to New York and and make some noise there, then you know maybe we could start arguing like, hey, maybe Kevin Durant is. I mean, he's the real deal, but kind of put him like officially over that that hump of where, you know, you talk about in the conversation of Michael Jordan and LeBron. You know, is Kevin Durant gonna be able to reach that level? We'll have to see.
0: We've only got about two minutes left in the segment, so I want to save the Celtics until after the break. But I want to touch on Kevin Durant because it's pretty clear he's not going to come back to Golden State next year. It's very unlikely that'll happen. He's accomplished everything he can do over there. The teammates around him are probably the biggest argument against him being better than LeBron right now. Nothing about his game in itself. It's just that he's surrounded by better players than LeBron is. But the Warriors just keep on winning. I mean, maybe they're on a little skid right now but we all know they're going to figure it out when the summer comes and they're in all likelihood going to go win another title. So why are the Warriors able to figure it out when they know their top dog isn't coming back next year, but the Celtics aren't? That's the big thing. How are the Warriors getting past that? Is it because they already have
1: titles? Yeah, I think that's it. It's the mentality of a champion. I mean, they're not worried about it because at the end of the day, they're going to still have that foundation. Um, Yeah, Kevin Durant's nice, but they they had a title – had a t- at least a title before he came there, obviously um, maybe two. I, I, I can't really put a timestamp on it, but I mean, they, they know that even with Durant, not on the team, they're going to be fine. Um, and, and what's good about their management is they're very aggressive as an organization. So I could see them bringing in, bringing in someone else and, and trying to, you know, ride that wave of, Hey, we got Steph Curry. We have Clay Thompson. Um, as long as they have those two, they can pretty much put anyone around them. And, and they're that good of shooters that hey man, they 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 are in the running every single year. So I you know I think to them, Kevin Durant's expendable. Kyrie off Boston, I think that that'll hurt them a little bit more if they mm-hmm. lose him. If, if that team loses Kyrie, then if the Warriors lose Kevin Durant, I still think the Warriors will still be a top team in the West without KD. Um, it'll just the gap between them and the other teams will just be a little bit smaller.
0: Jake Durant from Local Three TV in the studio with us. We hit the halfway point at the bottom of the hour. Celtics may have been figuring things out here on their West Coast road trip. Breaking them down next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, the Sports Pen. Weekday
1: afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP
0: app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you on your Thursday afternoon. Here is your Sports Center update. Red Sox right-handed pitcher Stephen Wright has been suspended 80 games after testing positive for PEDs. The knuckleballer was suspended 15 games last season after he violated Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy. The Detroit Red Wings have announced that they are shutting down defenseman Mike Green for the remainder of the season. After he was re-diagnosed with the same sickness that caused him to miss the first few weeks of the season, head coach Jeff Blaschel says there is no long-term worry regarding Green's health. And finally, Brie Ticey Manzel, the wife of former Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Johnny Manziel, has been accused of cheating in the Run Like a Diva half marathon last month in California. Her mile by mile splits lead race officials to believe that she bypassed a portion of the race course via shortcut. Ticey Manziel clocked in at the halfway point of the race. This is important. She clocked in at the halfway point with a time of 1 hour, 31 minutes and 29 seconds. She ran the back half of the race in 26 minutes, 53 seconds. So it takes her an hour and a half to run the first half of the race and reach the halfway checkpoint. Takes her less than half an hour to finish the back end of the race. Now, to have achieved that, then she would have had to run six and a half, four minute miles. The women's world record is four minutes and 13 seconds for a mile. She would have had to beat that Six and a half times to accomplish the time that she did. I don't know if it was an honest mistake or not. She just lost track of the course. I try to give people the benefit yeah. of the doubt, but bad week for the Manzels. Johnny loses his job in Canada over the weekend, and now this. Hey, maybe maybe she caught her second wind.
1: You, you just never yeah. know. You I mean, never know. She keeps know.
0: herself in shape. She's a model. Right. You, you know, you
1: just never know. But, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to accuse anybody of cheating until it's proven, but... Um, like you said, I mean, the Menzel name is, is, hasn't been been too lucky here uh, the last little bit. You, you finally thought maybe that maybe Johnny figured it out. But, um, I mean, we're going to have to see. He seems, he's pretty, uh, you know, he, he seems to overcome a lot of, of things. So we'll, I think we'll see Johnny bounce back at some point and, and maybe we'll see him playing in the U.S. again at some point.
0: Yeah, hopefully he can find his way back to the AAF maybe. I know they've invited him for a workout see what happens. Aaron Murray, remember him from Georgia? He's going to be starting this weekend for Atlanta. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's just, still around. I mean,
1: I'm, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll watch these AAF games mm-hmm. randomly and they'll just be, names will like kind of pop out and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that guy. He was supposed to be like a really good NFL player now he's playing in the AAF. But, you know, that's how things go sometimes. Um, it's just good to see some of these these players that you kind of almost forget about a little mm-hmm. bit um, kind of make a, make a resurfacing and, and, and are playing well. I mean, the league's, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a football junkie, so I, I like to watch any sort of football. So, you know, I kind of enjoy the AF games here and there.
0: Jake Durant once again in the studio with us. You can get in touch with the show by tweeting us your thoughts at ESPNUP. We'll relay that over the air. But we've got the Boston Celtics to discuss one of my favorite topics when they're winning, as they have been this week. They go out west. They get a decisive win over Golden State. It was Steve Kerr's worst home loss as the Warriors head coach a thumping and then last night they win without Kyrie Irving because MVP Hayward is stepping up again he's looking like he was pre-injury Gordon Hayward
1: yeah I mean if if Gordon Hayward uh, can keep it up it it sends a whole new dynamic through the through the team and and things like that but I mean he dropped 30 against Golden State Um, obviously Golden State I don't think Clay Thompson is playing and, and you know I don't they were missing some pieces. Don't well. ruin this for me, Jake. Sorry, sorry. I'm just trying to keep it real here. Um, but I mean, if they can get you know near this production consistently from Gordon Hayward, I mean, he he's shown he can be that type of player. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, when you play on a team with so many we- so many options, you know your 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 opportunities are are cut a little bit. But I mean, hey, maybe they found the 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 equation. Let's get Hayward the ball, make him be productive, and and kind of build off that. I mean, it's been working so. Um, we're we're going to have to see how mu- how long Hayward can keep this up because I don't think he's going to keep it up you know, throughout the rest of the season. We'll see, but um, good to see him kind of bounce back. And definitely, if, if he's playing well, this seems hard to beat.
0: He bounced back in a matter of seconds in the final minute of the game last night. Fouled Buddy Heald, shooting a three-pointer. Heald made all three foul shots to tie the game with 10 seconds left. Hayward comes down, calmly sinks the winner at the buzzer. So, I mean, give props to Buddy Hill, too. Those are pressure free throws, and he's still very young and very early in his NBA career. But hey, we'd figured it out. And Boston, once they have him working like they expected he would play before his injury, mm-hmm. I mean, they are just the most talented team roster side uh, with their roster and what have you. Player for player on that roster, they are the most talented team in the Eastern Conference. And I know that's tough in its own right to balance too many cooks in the kitchen, what have you. But when they get it going, I mean, I don't know who's going to stop them once they get it rolling.
1: Yeah. And, you know, winning cures everything. I mean, now you're not really hearing about, you know, the toxic locker room as much and mm-hmm. and players are, are figuring it out a little bit. And um, I think that Golden State win was definitely a, a game changer for the team. It kind of reminded them like, hey, we are the Boston Celtics. We are one of the better teams in the league. Let's start playing like it. And, and like you said, I, I think it's just people having to kind of figure out their roles and and maybe it just took a little bit longer than we expected. Obviously we thought um, it wasn't going to be smooth sailing right from the beginning of this year, adding, you know, a Kyrie Irving back to the team and then a Gordon Hayward, two guys that like to score the ball. They like to have the ball in their hands um, and things like that. But I think um, we're finally figuring it. They're finally figuring it out and you, you know, they're they're figuring out their roles. And I think, um, like you said, top to bottom, I mean, this is one of the most talented rosters um, in, in the league. You have Hayward, Tatum, you know uh brown all these guys are perennial you know they could be all-stars they could be all-star caliber obviously um tatum is an all-star and things like that but all these guys have have potentially superstar potential so you know add that with a kyrie irving who is an nba superstar and and um and a big man and now Hor- horford and then you got guys off the bench you know that that, that can be productive they're a hard team to beat man i would want to play them in the playoffs i, I still think um they're, th- they're going to be milwaukee's biggest threat and i, I who knows, man? Who knows? They could still come out of the East and, and knock off Milwaukee, um, who's been a really good team this year.
0: I still think that Boston would beat Philadelphia in a seven-game series. I think they'd beat Toronto. I certainly think they'll beat Indiana. But Milwaukee is the big question mark. That series is going to go seven games, and it should be in the finals. If Milwaukee's the one seed and Boston's the four or five, it wouldn't. But that should be the Eastern Conference Finals. But Milwaukee does scare me quite a bit, and as they should. But I tell you what... I mentioned Indiana, and I don't know how they're still hanging around without Oladipo, but they're not going to be successful in the playoffs without a guy like Oladipo. And they play Milwaukee tonight in the battle of top three Eastern Conference teams, but here was my hot take from yesterday that if Indiana finishes as the three seed and the pairings come out as they are right now in the standings, Detroit will beat Indiana in the first round of the playoffs. Pistons are going to win a
1: series. Hey, I would be shocked, honestly, because I've been pretty negative about Detroit this season just because I just don't really like the roster. But, I mean, got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, this team's been playing really well. It seems like they're figuring things out. Uh, Luke Kennard's been stepping up huge for them. Um, guys like Wayne Ellington coming mm-hmm. in and playing really good minutes. you got Thon Maker on the team. You know, he's a, he's a— fan favorite energy type of guy um you got blake griffin playing the way he needs to be playing and that's leading the team um reggie jackson everyone's staying healthy knock on wood um and and yeah i could definitely if if they were going up against indiana i mean my money would be on on the pistons you know beating them and um who i mean that would be amazing at when you talk about where this team was um, when Blake Griffin's in the media saying we need to stop joking around and Reggie Jackson's dancing behind him and stuff like that. I mean, th- those were like the low points of the season. But, I mean, could we see the quick turnaround? And, and if they won a series, I mean, that's a successful season in my eyes for the Pistons. If they could get in the playoffs and win a series, I mean, you gotta be, you got to feel good if you're the Pistons organization on where you're at and where you're headed if they could do that.
0: Make a few moves Let Dwayne Casey Do his thing As your head coach I, the, Buy and, into his system
1: Right I think Dwayne Casey you got to give credit To him Absolutely. Especially I mean um, He hasn't had a great draw You know Obviously leaving Toronto the way he did um, He's been a successful coach I think I think Detroit got really Really lucky Landing this guy Because um, he's showing He can do it At any Anywhere You know Any city Any team So uh, I think he is a big part you got to give him credit For this. this The way they've been playing I think he's He's doing what needs to be done, putting players in position, and and you know really figuring things out. And I mean, he's a really good coach. I think Detroit should be should be pretty uh, pretty happy to have him, and I think they
0: are. Is it a hot take for me to say that Dwayne Casey is doing more this season to earn Coach of the Year than he did last year with Toronto?
1: <laughs> I, I, I I think it's a, that's a pretty good take because I mean, look at look at just where the Pistons have been. The organization he came in, he kind of changed the culture a little bit. And um, this has been a team that has had pieces, but just couldn't get them to fit. But I think he's done a good job at, at taking what he's been given, the hand he's been dealt, and doing the best with it. And I think um, you know he's just doing a really good job. But I, I would agree. I mean, he deserves at least to be in, in conversation of of hey, this guy's doing more with with less. And I'm not saying Detroit doesn't have a, like a lot of great players. They always have Drummond and Griffin, but um, you know it's just the way that the team has been playing together in the past few years that. You know, as a Pistons fan, I kind of just lost lost faith a little bit, but I'm I'm regaining that faith a little bit.
0: Tell you what, though, uh, Dwayne Casey might be doing more this season for his Coach of the Year campaign, or at least is more deserving than he was last year. The Coach Bud is going to win it. Mike Budenholzer is oh, going to yeah, win sure. Coach of the Year this year.
1: Definitely, definitely, he's kind of taking that that team to the next the next level. You know, when you can you can take a team that has been right there, right there, and then you know push them to to the to the next level where obviously your first seed you're the best team in the nba um you know record wise and things like that i mean you got to give that guy credit i mean he's taking that talent and and then molding that team and and uh you know they're scoring points you know they're doing everything they, they need to do um and and obviously he he has the who who's been um you know using and anchoring that whole team so uh he's done a really good job there in milwaukee you got to. You know, Anytime Milwaukee is, is in the conversation, this is the best team in the league, which we rarely see. I mean, that's an accomplishment.
0: Jake Durant from Local 3 in the studio with us. Don't forget to vote in our Twitter polls at ESPNUP on Twitter. What's the greatest movie of all time? First round of the miscellaneous bracket, the bottom half. I wondered earlier in the show, would Be- Bend It like Beckham get any votes? So far, they haven't. Caddyshack is running away with it. Cool runnings and kicking and screaming going back and forth. Again, make sure you vote at ESPN come on guys. And Twitter. You
1: guys got to get out and vote for Cool Runnings. We you know that is a great movie. <laughs> this Matter is tampering. Of, listen, this is tampering, but this, I'm not a part of this. <laughs> Everyone get out and vote for Cool Runnings, man. Cool Runnings is, is, is a great, great movie.
0: Jake Durant, once again, I'm Tanner Hoops. We'll take our last time out. When we come back, Kyler Murray. Why he still deserves to be the number one pick, despite a very scathing, maybe, libel, libelous, libelous, is that right? Libelous. Libelous, there we go. Scathing, libelous potentially review. Next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, the Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pet on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you. We have breaking news regarding LeBron James. Just reported by NBA insider Chris Haynes, the Lakers are putting LeBron James on a minute restriction for the remainder of this season, and it's likely he's not going to play in any more back-to-back games for the rest of the year. So LeBron James on a minute restriction. This is the equivalent to a baseball team at the end of July trading away their team, being sellers at the deadline. They know the playoff push is over. What happened last night is going to be the highlight of that's the season. Not, yep, that's not, it's that, all this, downhill from The season from here.
1: ended last night when he passed. When he passed uh, Michael Jordan, um, the white flag is being waved, uh, and we all saw this coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, LeBron James weeks ago said he was going to go into a social media mode of you know the blackout mode, and he was on social media the next day. <laughs> I knew right then, like he, you know, I, I don't know if so. about playoff mode too. Or, exactly. So. Um, you know, we saw this coming. It's, it's not, it's nothing, you know, surprising. Um, obviously he wants to kind of save himself a little bit of the wear and tear of the season and, and, you know, hit the off season and, and come back stronger and, and actually make a, a, a real run, um, hopefully next season and then the next couple of years after that. But, um, yeah, it, 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 just, it just kind of tells me that like last night was, was the pinnacle of the season. And now that that's gone,
0: um, or passed, Now it's it's going to be just a slow, slow death towards the season. So once again, breaking news regarding LeBron James reported by Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports Senior NBA Insider that LeBron James will be put on a minute restriction for the remainder of the season, likely will not play in back-to-back games for L.A. Now the only question is when, if or when, does the same thing happen to Anthony Davis?
1: I'm surprised that it hasn't yeah. already happened. To be, to be honest, um, I'm still still surprised he's 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 out there um, playing. Um, I don't know I don't know when that is going to happen, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if it, if it's similar to what LeBron James is doing. Um, I obviously think he's out of out of the New Orleans Pelicans organization um, following the season, so um, you know maybe he just wants to to show that he you know. He just wanted to, to leave on a good note. Maybe he just wants to kind of play things out. Um, he's a little bit younger than LeBron, too. So, you know, he has a little bit more legs um, than LeBron. So um, very well could see them two teaming up next season.
0: I don't know that I do in L.A. Well, I guess I could, but I don't know that I would want to if I was Anthony Davis. Do you want to go to the Lakers right now? Is that attractive? We were going to talk about Kyler Murray for the last ten minutes of the show, <laughs> and we still were, but we got to go with this for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean I- – if i'm a basketball player in the nba and i have a chance to go play on the lakers um in la i've been out there a few times it's, it's very nice um obviously very warm um and and you want to be a part of history i mean the, the chance i mean you're gonna get paid either way but uh, you know if you have a i'd rather lose in la than in a, in a small market cold weather um area and and if i have a chance to do something great with lebron who's who's could go down as the greatest ever and be a part of that that uh, you know, story. Um, I would want to be the, the the Robin to the Batman, I guess you could say. I would want to be that person that, to kind of push that team over the edge um, because, you know, if you're winning in L.A., everything's everything's really good. Um, and if I'm the reason, then, yeah, I want to take that challenge. As a basketball player, I'd want to take that challenge. Um, but it takes a certain type of personality to, to be able to play with LeBron. Um, I think Anthony Davis is the a, is a, is a type to be able to kind of make things work with him.
0: Well, you talk about personality with LeBron. Apparently, there's personality with Kyler Murray as well. Uh, Charlie Casserly came out and said that in a 15-minute interview with Kyler Murray, based on that and several sources that were close to him, that Kyler Murray has attitude problems, that he's not a leader, that he doesn't study film or the playbook. I don't know where he's getting... This is the thing that's bothered me about this, is... I'm not saying Charlie Casserly is a discredited journalist, that we shouldn't take what he has to say. But for one thing, if I want to know what a guy is like as a football player, his head coach is one of the first people I've talked to. And Lincoln Riley has been on ESPN Radio. He was on today with Golik and Wingo, and he has completely eviscerated everything that Charlie Casserly said in this interview. He defended Kyler Murray. I mean, if I were really trying to find out what my quarterback was like or a quarterback was like that I'm thinking about drafting I would go talk to his coach that would be the guy that I'd really try to find out who he is and who I think could really tell me and nobody did that with Lincoln Riley which leads me to believe that this was not a good journalistic effort the other thing is we would have known this by now if this was true I mean why is this all coming out after his measurements are released that his measurements make him so attractive that everybody in the league is gonna be in on him now, that he's pretty much the unanimous number one. It just doesn't add up to me, and yet I can't think of something that's realistic, doesn't make me sound like a conspiracy theorist about why someone would do this. Because for us to to know what happened, we would have to know who is telling Charlie Casserly this. We'd have to know his sources. And as a journalist, he's not gonna do that, you know, and that's that's probably the right way to go. But the only plausible explanation I can think is he's getting told this by somebody who wants Kyler Murray's draft stock to fall so that they can snap him up, and that still sounds like way too much of a conspiracy for me to believe, but I can't think of anything else. I, I
1: honestly believe that's exactly what's happening. I don't think it's, it's too far out there. I mean, um, this is a cutthroat uh, league, and, and these are he- big decisions and, and can very well, um, you know, send your, your team on, on a certain direction for years to come, whether that be positive or negative. Um, you know, there's a lot of people trying to run smear campaigns, and I think um, he's, he's that good of a talent that maybe there is somebody out there that kind of, you know, because all po- signs are pointing he's going to go number one to, to Arizona. Um, and he, now there's a report about you know maybe he like inflated his height a little bit or, or something of that nature. Yeah, um, it's not like
0: he's just in a room measuring himself. There's 20 people right, there. Right, right, I mean, right. he has to be a magician to be able right, to inflate right. his height.
1: Exactly, exactly. And and you know when you're talking about his character and and his study habits and things like that, I mean, teams haven't had enough sample size to to figure out you know what a lot of these things. That's 15 minute interviews in and out. Um, you know, and like you said, you gotta go talk to people that are closest to him. Um, I do think it's 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 a, a kind of a, a smear campaign of maybe a team that you know really wants this guy and and, and is trying to hurt his stock a little bit. It, it's it's sad to say, but this stuff mm-hmm. happens. I mean, it happens. It's a huge game. You know, there's a lot of teams throwing smoke out there, saying they're gonna go this direction, and it, it's all lies. I mean, and. Um, you know you're never going to know unless you know the source we're never going to know the source or anything like that but um i think i think arizona is going to soup him up i don't think anything can really be said um to kind of hurt that that thing or them drafting um kyler um so i don't know man i i, I do think it's it's just a, it's just an effort to to kind of just hurt his draft or his draft stock a little bit i do think that's that's what's happening um otherwise you know why would you attack somebody like this um, you know, it just doesn't make any sense.
0: I feel bad for Kyler Murray, and I hope he still goes number one overall. I've said that since he decided he was going to do football. I wanted Arizona to take him number one overall because I think he will flourish under Cliff Kingsbury, and his ceiling, so much higher than Josh Rosen's ceiling. People can say what they want about Rosen, if he's good or not. I just know Kyler Murray's ceiling is a lot higher than Rosen's is. But if you're right, and, you know, I don't know if I believe that there is someone who's Telling Charlie Casserly this to try and bring his draft stock down—that's just the only thing that makes sense to me, and I wouldn't rule it out because you're right; it's a cutthroat business. What team would do that? It just seems like something Jerry Jones would do. I—I I know he's not in the market for a quarterback, right. but doesn't it seem like something Jerry would do? He would, he, or he would
1: pay somebody to do it. Mm. You know, you—you you never know. I was thinking maybe Oakland was a team. Um, you know that 's trying to hurt him a little bit i 'm not saying John gruden's there Gruden the one i 'm not saying that he 's the one to do it, Gruden, but i mean mayock. but yeah exactly you- you never know i mean mayock has been involved in the n f l draft for years well, he's you know, he, he, know, guy. he know maybe he knows maybe Casserly owes him. right or something you know what i mean and um you know he knows how things work he knows you know what teams do um so who knows i mean Oakland was a team that 's kind of been linked to maybe wanting to have Murray as well so um yeah i mean you just you never know man you never know it, it is unfortunate it is unfortunate for murray and like i, I said i do think arizona is going to go because i think josh Rosen has a chance to be a, a pretty solid quarterback in the nfl but um kyler murray's talent is is like a transcendent talent you know he's he's smaller but you know he he can make plays that most people can't make
0: he's like Mariota with an arm exactly <laughs> yes he's
1: he's crazy man he can run he's fast and he can throw um, the only thing that he doesn't have is height, and you, mm-hmm. you know you can't get everything. Not you know, no. so you know that's the one knock on him. But um, you know we've seen shorter quarterbacks be successful, so I think he's worth the number one overall pick. I think he's worth the chance. And Kingsbury, obviously, you know his first NFL gig. You want your guy under center, and mm-hmm. you want to go down with your guys if you're going to go down, and you want to flourish with your guys. So um, I don't see why Arizona wouldn't pick Kyler Murray if, if that's the route they want to go.
0: Well, and you think about. A guy with his skill set if the only knock you can get against kyler murray is his height or his lack of height but he's got a skill set that could make him one of the best to ever do it in the nfl could i'm not saying he's gonna be one of the best in the nfl but his skill set if it translates to the nfl he could very well end up being one of the best to ever do it this is the perfect head coach for you to have your first year in the nfl
1: oh yeah very creative mind you know big play guy likes explosive plays um, is gonna, you know, utilize his feet and definitely get him moving a lot. Um, it's it's like a match made in heaven almost. I mean, it, it's 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 almost meant to be. Um, and I think Kingsbury um, would has a lot more um, plays and the way he likes to call it is definitely more fitting for for Murray than than it would be Rosen. I think, um, you know, I just think Kingsbury, like you said, I just think that's his guy, and and um, you know, I, I don't see him wanting to pass up on on somebody that could really take his offense and and take it to the next level i think it's just too perfect of a situation to me
0: jake duran in the studio with us as we windy down here in the sports pen well you're going to uh, where's dollar bay playing tonight where is that uh, you got to go so to. this
1: is the division four regional final game high school basketball here in the up dollar bay facing forest park at Nagani. Oh, okay um lakefield elementary school if you're in the area it's going to be a good game um obviously dollar base had a lot of success in the last few years so they're keeping things up in forest park um they got a, a kid named riley hendrickson mm-hmm. uh i wasn't really aware of him as much but i was watching some of his highlights and things like that he's a shorter kid but um very very nice point guard um very talented can score the ball can dribble it's gonna be an entertaining game. Um, you know i i haven't been able to see either of these two teams play live this whole season so i'm pretty excited to go go and see um just what these two teams are are about obviously they're they're good teams being in the regional finals so i think it's gonna be a good game i'm, I'm pretty excited for it
0: well, and hopefully we'll see you tomorrow in Gwin. we should have a good one there and then northern hockey this weekend
1: yeah i mean a lot of things going on shut northern hockey to um very strong end to their season um, Grant Patulny, i mean he's a really really great coach obviously um and, and he's has this team playing really really good at the right time so if you have a shot and can get a ticket to go see this game you know or these games let's hope it's only two games um, go ahead and check them out because i mean this team is is, re- is really fun to watch a lot of talent and uh, you know that's where i'm gonna be this weekend for sure
0: That should do it for us here on the Sports Pen. Appreciate you as always. Always good talking and uh, looking forward to next week.
1: Yeah, next week maybe we'll talk about Antonio Brown and his new situation. Maybe he'll be on Green Bay. We'll we'll see.
0: Maybe will you have bought a Packers jersey by then, an 84 jersey, if that
1: happens? Let's say this. If he goes to Green Bay this week, I will come in next week with an 84 (laughs) uh, Green Bay Packers jersey that says Brown. I will. I'll do it.
0: That's it for us. Thanks again for tuning in. Back on tomorrow at Sports Pen on ESPN, UPWZAM, Ishbabing Marquette.